if you're a team member, this is for you. But also, if you're a leader, this should never come out of your mouth. And that is, that's not my job. That's not my job. This is Designing Leaders, the podcast where simplicity meets leadership. I'm your coach, Desi Maynard, your guide on this journey towards effective and efficient leadership. Here we unite theory and practice, bringing you actionable insights from the front lines of leadership. From boardrooms to sales floors, we're breaking down silos and fostering teamwork. Every episode is a new step towards absolute accountability and clear communication. I'm your host, Desi Maynard, and let's dig in. What not to say as a leader. Welcome back, everybody. And today we're going to dive in to some of my favorite sayings that uh, we have encountered uh, as leadership coaches and what is wrong with them. And then maybe a different statement to try instead. I've got a whole bunch of them here, as you could imagine. So we'll get through as many as we can. I've got some stories to go with them and I've got some functional tips and tricks to actually use today or tomorrow or Tuesday at two o'clock in your leadership. So let's kick it right off and start with one of my favorites. I sent them an email about it. So let's start off with what's wrong with saying I sent everyone an email about it. Well, the problem with that, and I'm going to go through the different laws of leadership uh, when we talk about what's the problem with each statement and then how to kind of alter it, modify it, augment it. Uh, and change it to make it a little bit more uh, appropriate and to make it more of a leadership type statement. So the problem with I sent everyone an email about it is first, I mean, we look at uh, leadership law number two, keep it simple, which is essentially you need to be simple, clear, and concise in everything that you're doing. And they, you need to make sure that they understand, uh, which is also law number four, inform, update, and clarify. So no understanding no execution. So if just because you sent an email about it doesn't mean that they're going to execute it in the way that you meant. So let me give you something else to try this. Try instead saying, I should have ensured that my communication was clear. So the beginning one is I sent everyone an email about it. And then after a little bit of tweaking, We change it to, I should have ensured that my communication was clear. And that will help you to make sure that you are keeping things simple, that you are informing, updating, and clarifying. You're explaining the what, the how, the why, and your filter to check to make sure that you are doing it correctly and communicating properly uh, and appropriately is to, did they do it? Like if they did it, the way that you explained it, then you explained it well and you communicated well. It's not that they didn't hear it right or I sent them an email about it. No, 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 no. No, we talk about absolute accountability. So it's on you. If they didn't do it the way you want them to do it, that's your fault, not theirs. So that's first one. I sent everyone an email about it, changing that to I should have ensured that my communication was clear. Number two, and this is going to be a fun one, Probably my wife's least favorite statement is, it is what it is. 
It is what it is. I know we've heard that one plenty of times. What is the problem with that? Well, the first problem is what we teach about leadership is absolute accountability. So absolute accountability is you need to commit on and be accountable to everything and everyone in your world that affects the mission. That means all wins, all losses, all problems, and all solutions. You need to lead up, down, and across the chain of command and be accountable to yourself, your team, and your mission. And when you say it is what it is, that is more of a victim mentality. That is like, well, shucks, let's move on. What we want to change that to and what we want to talk about is using uh, leadership law number six, which is innovate and adapt. So everything changes, everything evolves. We need to be staying ahead of our competition. We need to be continuously improving no matter what. And we need to think in the box and outside of the box. That is law number six, innovate and adapt. So if we do that, we can change this statement to how can we ensure that this doesn't happen again? So when we take absolute accountability for that, we can change our thinking, we can change our mindset, right? And actually have some humility, which would be the number one winning mindset of leadership is checking our ego, taking a self-assessment, running a feedback loop, and looking at, it's not it is what it is. It is how can we ensure that this doesn't happen again? Now you're taking accountability of that thing, and it's your job to now solve that problem and keep it from happening again. Number two, it is what it is, changing that to how can we ensure that this doesn't happen again? And also, I want to add in here that it's very much to do with how you say this, your tone and your inflection. Because we can say, like, how can we ensure this doesn't happen again? Or we can say it with humility, how can we ensure that this doesn't happen again moving forward? See, with a little bit, a little bit different uh, a tone and inflection brings that humility in, which is that winning mindset of leadership. That is numero two, number three of my favorite one is they never got back to me. They never got back to me. Raise your hand if you've heard that one before, or even if you have said it, what is wrong with they never got back to me? Well, number one, it is taking a point the finger approach instead of a point the thumb approach. So if we say they never got back to me and we point the thumb, which means we're pointing that at us. So I had a coach, a uh, football coach a long time ago, that said, always said, point the thumb, not the finger. So when you're pointing your finger, you can look at your thumb and you make an L, and what you'll realize is that your thumb is pointing right back at you. Um, so you want to point the thumb, not the finger, to make sure that you can take accountability of this and solve problems. And the next piece is they never got back to me. I mean, if we're supposed to apply the keep it simple rule, we want to have a strategic and simple mission. We want to communicate clearly and concisely. Well, clear and concise, that's probably not going to apply if we're just saying they never got back to me. Um, and then also applying rule number four, inform, update, and clarify. Uh, it sounds like we're not clarifying or updating in that scenario if we say they never got back to me. And that is a problem. So it's just a simple uh, concept here that we want to uh, change to. I should have followed up with them. That's what you want to say instead. So if we were to take absolute accountability and change, they never got back to me to I should have followed up with them. So it's your job and your responsibility and you need to take accountability 
of following up with them to make sure it happens. It's on you. It's about you. And we need to make sure that you are accountable to yourself, your team, and the mission. Moving right along here, we have number four, which is you can't fix stupid. I think there was a comedian that said that one time. I think it was Ron White. You can't fix stupid. So what is the problem with that statement? That's a pretty toxic, negative statement. However, we hear it all the time. Usually it's a leader talking about a team member. Uh, so the problem with that is that uh, if you were to take absolute accountability and say that uh, if you can't fix stupid, then you need to be saying that about yourself uh, as a leader because you're the leader and everything rises and falls on leadership. And there's no bad teams, only bad leaders. Uh, so essentially what you're doing is calling yourself an idiot. Uh, so maybe stop doing that. Take some absolute accountability. Uh, point the thumb, not the finger and say... I will do a better job of training my team to understand the consequences of not following the proper procedures. Okay, so in this scenario here, we talked about you can't fix stupid. Another law that we want to apply to this is called distributing and power. And we run into this problem all of the time. And what happens is there's a ton of ambiguity in the situation. So let's say we have a plumbing company, uh, literally just pick any type of industry that you want. You send them out to do the job. And what they don't know is where their boundaries and authority start and where their boundaries and authority stop. So they don't actually know where they can make decisions and where they can solve problems, which makes them uh, have to lean on the, the boss all the time. And they have to make the phone call. They got to send the text. They got to get a FaceTime and say, hey, this is the problem. How do, how do you want me to fix it? Um, so what that is, is a training problem. That's a training problem and also a distribute and empower problem. So distribute and empower. Rule number five of leadership is that everyone leads. Like we don't want to have to wait to lead. We need to be able to lead up, lead down, lead across the chain of command. Uh, and within that, we run a process called teach, train, equip, and empower. So when you're training your team, when you're teaching them something, you want to teach with information. You want to train them with practice doing the thing. You want to equip them with a tool, maybe a physical tool, maybe it's a framework, maybe it's an intellectual tool. And then you want to empower them with confidence using that tool, and that comes from the practice. So teach, train, equip, and empower. That's how you're going to distribute that leadership and empower them to actually use it. All right, so that's going to fix the you can't fix stupid by taking absolute accountability and applying distribute and empower to that scenario and what you will get is, now listen to this first part because it says, I will do a better job. It's not you can't fix stupid. It's I will do a better job of training my team to understand the consequences because there absolutely can be consequences of not following the proper procedures, right? So that's distribute and empower. Knowing their authority, knowing their boundaries, does your team understand the different SOPs, the different frameworks, the different tools? And we, we ran into this a lot this year, a lot of uh, training problems with the team because all the time, like it's like we give a job description and then we just think that they know it. You need to be on a constant training schedule with your team, always sharpening those skills. And we talk about number six, in law number six, innovate and adapt. Um, we always need to be getting better. And I think that as leaders, often we take for granted, and I say we because I'm right in the boat with you, um, the basic skills and sharpening those basic skills. 
over and over again. And you can train on your core values. You can train on behavior. You can train on simple activities of here's how we answer the phone. You can train on uh, the different skills. Like with that plumbing company that, uh, that we were talking about, um, there's multiple different areas. And one of the things we do is help to create a training program within the company. Right. So obviously we come in, we could train leaders, but one of the things that you also need is a training and development program for your team that you can constantly be taking everyone through all the time over and over and over again to make sure that they are really good at their jobs and that you're always pushing the envelope on that type of skill. So that is number four. You can't fix stupid and we're going to change that to I will do a better job training my team so that they understand the consequences of not following the proper procedures. All right. Number five, do it because I said so. That one I like to use as a dad sometimes, but I feel like even that it doesn't really work. Uh, I mean, maybe it worked with my dad a long time ago, uh, but times are a changing. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we have many different, uh, you know, millennials, Gen Zers, uh, all these different type of uh, generational gaps that we're approaching now as leaders. And our problem with that one is that, well, number one, rule number one, law number one is unite support. So how do we bring unity and how do we support the team? So which is teamwork. Do it because I said so. That is not a teamwork type approach. That is a hierarchical approach. And most of the time, like if you're the guru on the mountain, um, most teams are not going to follow you as good as they could if you were one that promoted teamwork and provided support to the team. So Unite Support Leadership Law, number one, that's going to help us fix the do it because I said so problem. And also, I mean, law number four, which is inform, update, and clarify, we need to be explaining why. We need to be talking about the what the why in the how. So here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do it. And here's how we're going to do it. So once we change all of that, we can now say, let me explain why it is important, how it will benefit the overall team and the mission, and how it will benefit you as an individual. That is a much better way to apply a little bit of absolute accountability to that leadership and stop saying, do it because I said so, and start saying, let me explain why it is important, how it will benefit the overall team and mission, and how it will benefit you. I've even done this in daily huddles. A lot of times uh, I'll have my project managers, whatever my middle manager is, the ones that, that, that is the closest to the frontline employees, uh, the ones that are in the trenches, in the field, doing the thing. Um, I, I'll have them apply this uh, every single day in their, you know, their morning meeting. It's a 10 minutes, a daily huddle. Maybe they have it a couple times a week, three times a week, multiple times a week, though. And I'll have, make sure that they are touching on the what, the how, and the why for that day. So make it timely and make it relevant, the what, the how, and the why. So we're changing do it because I said so. No, no, don't say that. Don't do that anymore. Uh, the hierarchical lead leadership, uh, you know, it worked a long time ago. And we do need to know who's in charge, all right, and who's responsible. But we want to be promoting teamwork, and we want to be informing, updating, and clarifying our team so that they can win. So change that to let me explain why it's important how it will benefit the overall team, the overall mission, and how it's going to benefit you. That's number five, moving right along. 
Let's talk about number six. This one is so much um, hilarious, actually, and it's I don't have time for this. So I run into this all of the time. We're talking about they, you know, they'll bring us on as a leadership consultant, a leadership coach, and they say, I don't have time for this. It's so hard. I don't know how I'm going to make time for this. And I say, hold on, wait a second. Let's take a look. And let me ask you a couple of questions. I say, sure, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, Go ahead and ask me a couple of questions. I say, okay, um, would it be fair to say that someone busier than you and has more things going on has done this and been successful at it? And almost all the time, I'm going to work mostly with micro business leaders and small business owners. They say, well, yeah, that's probably true. And I say, okay, so then it's probably not a time issue. It's a prioritization issue. So what you're saying is you're not willing to prioritize your leadership and growing your business or optimize your business versus uh, the laundry list of tasks that you have going. Is, Is that what you're saying? And usually they're like, well, no, I guess I need to prioritize this. Okay, All right. So what's the problem with that? I don't have time for this. The problem is you're not, you're not, you don't understand prioritize and execute, which is law number three of leadership. Like we have to detach from the situation, detach from the scenario. We need to be willing to have a debrief, which is basically what I was running there, that helps us review our actions. Okay, and then we got to have some perspective. And that's, that's usually the problem is that there's two types of perspectives. There's a strategic perspective, which kind of zooms out a bit, call it 30,000 feet in the air. And then we have a tactical perspective, which is like, you know, boots on the ground type of small local um, scenarios that we want to cover, right? So I don't have time for this. The problem there is prioritize and execute. It's never a time problem. It is a prioritization problem. Everyone has the same hours uh, in the day. You can only work so many hours. You can only even work so hard. Uh, The key is how to make decisions and prioritize essentially limited resources towards unlimited options. That is always extremely difficult to handle. Uh, But you never want your team to hear you say, I don't have time for this. What you want to hear them say, or what you want to say is, let me see what I can prioritize differently in order to support you on this. So let's say a team member comes to you and they need help with something, and you say, I don't have time for this, what you're going to do is you're just going to grab those words right out of the air and shove them right back in your back pocket because they're absolutely useless, and that's horrible leadership. What you want to say is, let me see what I can prioritize differently in order to support you on this. All right, that is number six, and man, we're moving right along here, rolling through things leaders shouldn't say and how to fix those problems. Number seven, oh man, this is a fun one. We hear this all the time. Uh, you're probably not going to hear this a ton from leaders, but you will hear this a ton from the team. So if you're a team member, this is for you. But also, if you're a leader, this should never come out of your mouth. And that is, that's not my job. That's not my job. So what is the problem with that? Well, first problem I think we're going to say is absolute accountability. So in absolute accountability... We want to commit, I want to be accountable to everything and everyone in our world that affects the mission. And you're going to say, that's not my job. You are wrong. And then also, uh, law number one, which is unite and support, we're talking about teamwork. And are you providing unity and support when you say, that's not my job? No, you are not. 
What you should say is, how can I best support the team? Now, this one is the most important piece of leadership. So the way, let's let me give you some context to that, is the way that we define leadership is it is competitive. There are winners and there are losers. However, it is an infinite game. Right, but it is a game and there are lots of people who win and lots of people who lose. But the only way to actually win is to lead with absolute accountability. So leadership is essentially a group of people trying to work together happily because you know, if people are happy, they tend to do more work, do it better, and do it faster. That's a shocker, and it's kind of cliche to hear the big bad football player talking about happiness, but it's super important uh, in leadership. So we're trying to get a group of people to work together happily to accomplish a collective goal, right? Essentially, that's what it, we're trying to win the game, right? And we get to define what the game is that we're winning, right? We decide our goal. And when we say that's not my job within a team atmosphere or environment, uh, the thing we're definitely not promoting is teamwork, right? And that is probably the only way to win a game is to work together as a team. And also as a leader, if you're saying that, man, you need to take some absolute accountability. You need to point the thumb and say, uh, it might not be your job, but you're a leader. So it's your responsibility and you need to take action on that. So we want to change that to how can I best support uh, the team? That is number seven, moving into number eight. Uh, one of my favorite ones. Uh, and also I hate hearing this when my team tells me this, I just say, hold on now. And then I say the other one that, that I've designed. It's that's impossible. That's impossible. So you visionary leaders, uh, probably whenever that is said to you by middle management or by your integrator or operator, you got to be thinking, hey, let's make sure that we innovate and adapt. So that's the problem with the, the phrase that's impossible. Uh, when someone tries to give you something, you want to look at everything changes, everything evolves. We're always trying to get better. So how do we get better? So you want to change that, that statement to there has to be a way to make this work. Let's take an iterative step towards executing this task. Okay, so it's like dream big, have a massive vision and take tiny, tiny action steps. So it's like it is possible. However, maybe the whole thing is impossible, but let's take one step and try to move in that direction. So that's what we want to do. We want to dream big and step tiny. Uh, number nine, my coworker does not pull their weight. Wow, that's a common one. Uh, so one of the things that we do, we survey uh, teams uh, anonymously uh, in different organizations, small businesses, micro businesses, you know, teams of less than 30. And one of the things we always talk about is like, tell me about your team. And do you think your coworker pulls your weight? So a statement we get often, which is why it made this list, is my coworker does not pull their weight. So one, what's the problem with that? Well, the biggest problem is uh, it sounds to me like you're way too worried about your coworker and not nearly enough about yourself. Because uh, usually when people say my coworker does not pull their weight, uh, oftentimes they're not pulling their own weight. Uh, so I always say, well, first of all, point the thumb. And then second of all, let's apply uh, some absolute accountability to that scenario while we're pointing the thumb. And then let's make sure that we enlist uh, leadership law number one, which is uniting support. The key there being support. So how would we provide support in this area? So here's what we want to say instead. I will find a way to work with and support my coworker to ensure that the team wins. 
right? Because it is this is a team sport. Leadership is a team sport. The team fails, everyone fails. There is no individual winner here. Uh, oftentimes, I talk about my senior basketball season in high school. I was a fairly good athlete. I scored lots of points. However, the team wasn't uh, very good. We were like a five. We were like a five hundred team. Uh, and what I always try to say with that is like I, I didn't do any better because I was good. Uh, what happened was if the team failed, I failed. Therefore, I like Desi couldn't win the game by himself. I needed four other people, and we needed to score more points than the other team. So maybe I scored 30, but the other team collectively scored 70, uh, and that just doesn't work. So that's what we want to change. My coworker does not pull their weight. Two, I'm going to find a way to work with and support my coworker to ensure that the team wins. The team wins. All right, moving right along here. The quality of your work is horrible or the quality of your work is terrible. So I'm thinking of uh, oftentimes when we hear this one, we're having a leader, uh, they're having a one-on-one with a subordinate and, and, they, and they do their thing and they say, hey, the quality of your work isn't any good or it needs to get better or it's terrible or it's horrible. So the problem here is inform, update, and clarify. So leadership law number four, like we got to have meetings uh, and they need to be uh, intentional. They need to be focused. They don't need to be very long, uh, but we do need to have them so that we can inform them on the what, the how, and the why, and also so that we can debrief and let them know how they're actually doing. That is the problem most of the time is that we just talk behind their back uh, to our leadership coach. Hint, hint, that tends to be me. Hey, Bobby and Susie aren't doing their job. What should I do about it? Well, what you should do about it is inform, update, and clarify them as to what their expectations are uh, and are they meeting them or not. And you do that in a meeting and you do that with clarification and humility. So what I want to change this one to is, hey, you have some great ideas. Let's create a process so that we can play to your strengths and then collaborate on them, right? So you're resetting the expectations. You're letting them know, right, that it, maybe it hasn't been met, but you're ready to work on it, okay? So like you have to play an active role in your team members succeeding, surprise, uh, surprise. Um, so the quality of your work is terrible. We are instead trying you have some great ideas. Let's create a process to play to your strengths and then collaborate on that process. That is our new leadership statement. All right, team. So to make this extremely relevant, we are talking with currency right now. And uh, this is happening as we speak uh, within teams that I am getting voxered and emailed about, which is uh, absolutely awesome. So moving forward, the qual- we just finished up the quality of your work is terrible. So number 11, that was a stupid decision. That was a stupid decision. So this one is what I call, I call this the blindside leader. Uh, not the movie, but what I mean by blindsider is that we had an expectation in our head. However, we didn't relay or inform, update, and clarify that expectation to our team. Uh, and then they do something and then we blow up. Uh, usually it comes with a little bit of anger, a lot of rage, uh, loud uh, noises, uh, and it usually comes out with something like, that was a stupid decision. 
and like they don't even know what decision that is that we're talking about. So if we say this to the leader, uh, one, we need to take a check and we need to practice, uh, you know, the number one mindset of a winning leader, which is humility and conviction. Uh, before we say anything like that, because it's probably the decision is you uh, that was stupid uh, as a leader. So point the thumb, take some absolute accountability, and let's prior help them to prioritize and execute. So this is a perfect scenario to run a debrief, okay? So a debrief is incredibly simple. It's basically, what was the scenario? What was the goal? What went good? Why? What went bad? Why? What did you learn and why did you learn it? And then what would you kind of take into the next evolution to the next scenario to if that happens again, what would you do differently? That's all a debrief is. It takes like, it can take as quick as like 70 seconds. It can take as quick as long as 70 minutes. Like we can run a full after action review, a full debrief uh, on an entire year, or we can just do it on one simple thing. I call that watch the game tape. Like watch the film. I think it's a lost art of leadership, honestly. Uh, and that'll help that person walk through a decision a lot better than just saying that was a stupid decision. Um, so what we want to change that statement to is can you explain why you made that decision? And then let's break down what happened and why. So you're essentially saying, hey, walk me through your thought process here, and then let's run a debrief on this and see what we can uh, pull out of it to help you move into the next decision uh, more effectively and more confidently. And that's how you want to lead your team. Or maybe maybe it was outside their boundaries, and then um, you probably screwed up in the distributing power. They didn't know their authority, and they didn't know their boundaries, so they made a decision, right, which you probably were coaching them to do, but it was the wrong decision, and it wasn't what you would have done, so you blindsided them, and you yelled at them, which, once again, that's your fault, not theirs. Uh, so it's on you. If I haven't said that yet, uh, I meant to say it. Uh, it's on you. You're the leader. It's your responsibility. Moving on, my coworker is lazy and failing to finish their work. My coworker is lazy and failing to finish their work. So essentially, your coworker sucks is what you're saying. So the problem there, one, is I want you to take absolute accountability, first of all. Uh, and this one tends to happen a lot when I, well, a lot of times I'll sit down and I'll interview like the whole team and I'll just ask them a handful of questions. And this is a common statement that we'll get like, Oh, we got some people on the team that are lazy. They just don't do their job. They don't finish their work. Uh, and I always say, well, tell me about you and your, well, how do you play a role in that? And they're always like, well, what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm do, I do good. I, I, and here's the story that goes with that is I was an offensive lineman. So a lot of times we, we'd have a, a meeting within the game uh, when you come off the line after not scoring and everyone says like, hey, did you get your guy? Hey, did you block your guy? And everybody's like, I got my guy. I got my guy. I got my guy. And then my coach would freak out and go, well, if everyone got their freaking guy, then why are we standing on the sideline instead of celebrating in the end zone? Okay, so that's where this one comes from of, hey, unite and support. We got to work as a team. We got to work together. We got to be unified in our approach and we need to support each other. We need to build the relationships. So you need to try to support that person. So when you say my coworker is lazy and failing to finish your work, like you can play a role in that. So instead try this. I will reach out to my coworker, understand why they are struggling and ask how I can support them. Right? So there's a million ways to say that as long as it comes out with humility and clarity, you're going to be just fine. 
right? And the key there is building that relationship within the team so that you know, like, is this out of the norm for them or have they always been that way? And you need to figure out how to make that better uh, as you move forward. But we're changing my coworker is lazy and failing to finish their work too. I'm going to reach out to my coworker and I'm going to understand why they're struggling. And then I'm going to ask how I can support them. All right. They should have figured out what they were going to need. They should have figured out what they were going to need. So I'm thinking uh, this would be a great example for like a service-based business, maybe a skilled trades like electrical, HVAC, plumbers, carpenters, all those kind of in-home type of deals there in the service trades. I'm thinking they probably got to the job site and they didn't, they didn't have everything that they need. They didn't have the materials. Um, so what is the problem with this? Well, the problem here is as a leader, uh, it's your job to figure out, to figure out uh, what they need or for is your job to figure out that they know what they need. Uh, so a lot of times that's a training problem uh, in, in an area that uh, is a little bit of uh, arrogance and a little bit of ignorance. So what we need to do there is number two, we need to keep it simple. Uh, if they knew they would have done it. So therefore they didn't know that's how we can check for understanding, no understanding, no execution. It tends to happen that way. So you probably did not communicate uh, simply, clearly, and concisely in that scenario. And then you want to inform, update, and clarify. So did you ask clarifying questions? Did you get updates from them? Did you inform them of the most recent thing? I mean, I have a client right now that we have a, a daily huddle, a morning, essentially a morning meeting, and he practices inform, update, and clarify with his guys every single day. Uh, and it's a great scenario. And he clarifies those things. And then he actually forces a read back, uh, which is something that we call uh, basically, did you hear what I said? And what it is I say, hey, can you walk me through what it is that we just talked about? And you're having them essentially repeat uh, to make sure that they're checking for understanding. So instead, you want to try this. So I should have made sure that they understood what they would need. Right? So, I mean, this you can fix this as simple as, uh, you know, hey, Bobby, walk me through what you're going to need on the job today. And they're going to say ABC, one, two, three, Dulaheimers, whatchamacallits, and some uh, thingamabobs. And you're like, nope, you don't need any thingamabobs, but you do need uh, a water bottle. Okay, and then boom, that problem is completely fixed right there that simply just by running a simple readback and asking them a question. And also probably one of my favorite um, leadership tips we're talking about communication as a leader. Instead of saying, hey, does anyone have any questions? Because what happens when you ask that? Usually no one raises their hand and everyone's like, nope, I'm good. I always leave 10, 15 minutes at the end of a leadership uh, session or a couple of minutes at the end of every single meeting and I say, ask me a question, right? Or I'll even get more specific and I'll say, hey, Bobby, ask me two questions about what we just talked about. Or I'll say, hey, Susie, ask me one question about communication or leadership or ask me one question that you're, what are you worried about right now? So I'll force a question to be asked, uh, which a lot of times uh, the best learning comes from that. Uh, I mean, when I was a teacher, some of the things that I used to do, and this is kind of a fun little trick, is when we would start, let's say we're going to talk about World War II. And I, I wouldn't start by introing it. I would literally start with, hey, as a class, we're going to develop 100 questions that we want answered about World War II. 
And then I would say, everyone's got to come up with 10 questions. And maybe there's 10 kids in the class because I taught uh, students with special needs. Um, but what we would have there now is 100 questions about World War II. And guess what? They were related to things that they were worried about, that they wanted to know. So it really directed the thoughts. So sometimes, hey, have them create questions because they're timely, they're relevant, and it creates more buy-in, more accountability, more ownership from the team. And that'll really help you point your training in the right direction and help you run your meetings a little bit smoother. All right, here we go. We've got a couple of more for today. We might even make a part two of this because, I, I mean, I've got plenty more uh, that might help you change how you're leading your team uh, and the words that you're actually saying. So the next one here is, I'm not on the team that failed. I'm not on the team that failed. However, you are on the big team. So point the thumb, not the finger. It's still on you. Uh, and also, when the team fails, everyone fails. But I'm not on the team that failed. Doesn't matter. Okay, change that to my team could have better supported others because if the team fails, we all fail. So my team could have supported that team is essentially what we're saying, which leadership law number one, unite and support. One team needs to support the other team. You need to strike that balance, right, in making sure your team does win. However, you also need to support other teams. And in order to support them, and this often is what happens, is that they don't even know what the other team is doing or how they're doing it. So they don't know the what, how or why of the other team. So, you know, we'll have – here's a great example of this. In the tree industry, you'll have general foremen who have teams of foremen and apprentices. Uh, and then but one – GF, general foreman, will not know what the other GF is doing because they're in a different area or they're in a different scenario. And the thing there is like, we need to know. We need to know the what, the how, and the why, at least at a basic level um, so that we can provide support and ask when we need to. That is applying really good leadership. That is applying really good uniting support, which is teamwork. So that's uh, number 14 here. Uh, and let's stick here with the last one, and then I'll give you guys a little bit uh, of a recap. Uh, so I don't need to help. Other people will take care of it for me. Oh, man, I don't need to help. Other people will take care of it. What is the problem with this? Well, number one is distribute and empower. You do need to make sure that everyone is leading up, down, and across the chain of command. But you also need to be helping. You want to be providing support, uh, which is leadership law number one, which you've heard me say a whole bunch of times already in this episode. So you want to apply Unite support to that as well as distribute and empower. So you do want other people right, solving problems, taking initiative, making decisions, moving forward, accomplishing goals. However, you should never be saying, I don't need to help. Like it's your responsibility. Even if you delegate it, it's still your responsibility which you absolutely can push things down, but they are still your responsibility and that team and that mission, it's still up to you to win. So you want, instead you want to try this. I will make myself available to support as needed and help the team win. I will make myself available to support as needed and to help the team win so that we can accomplish the mission. And that 
will lead you in the right direction as a leader. So giving you a recap here, we went through 15 things that leaders should not say. What is the problem with them? Why is that the problem? And then gave you a reformatted version of how to say that more effectively to make you a better leader. So what is leadership, you ask? Well, leadership is a competitive game. Uh, however, it is an infinite game, but there are many winners and there are many losers. The only way to win is to lead with absolute accountability. What is absolute accountability? You need to commit, own, and be accountable to everything and everyone in your world that affects the mission. That means all the bad stuff, all the losses, all the problems, all the solutions, all the wins. You need to lead up. You need to lead down. You need to lead across the chain of command. You need to be accountable, most importantly, to yourself, your mission, and your team. There are six laws of the game of leadership they are right here we'll have them available for you there are six winning mindsets of the game of leadership we'll have those available for you so that you can check them out you can look at these and heck we might even have the whole 15 statements ready for you uh, to look at here so keep your eye out for that until then this is desi with designing leaders and we are out we'll be right back.